0: Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13. Thank you so much to our praise team, to our musicians, to our sound and our media in the back. Yeah, you know, I follow as a pastor, I follow all these groups and just kind of, especially when you, you know, pastor smaller churches and stuff, at times you have to know a little bit so I'm, I'm in this group of, of sound and media for churches and these people post all kind of ideas and everything and I think it was a sound guy uh, that posted it wasn't one of our sound guys but it was a sound guy on this group that said you know the pastors always give thanks to the praise team and the musicians and everybody else but nobody in the booth ever gets any credit unless something goes wrong Then everybody turns around so let me just take a moment today and say I appreciate all of our men and our ladies that work back there in the booth amen amen thank you all so much for what you do. Judges chapter 13, verses 2 and 3. I'm going to be reading from the NIV this morning. A certain man of Zora, named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are sterile and childless, but... You are going to conceive and have a son. I want to preach to you here this morning on the parallels of Samson and the church. Would you stretch your hands this way and ask for God's anointing upon my life as I do the same for you. Father, I thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word. It will not return void, but it will accomplish that which has been set forth to do. And so today I pray for every person here under the sound of my voice here in this room, watching by YouTube, listening by podcasts. Lord, I pray that you'd open their hearts, their minds, their spirits. Oh, Lord, let them receive what you have for them here today. And Lord, I ask for myself that you would give me the anointing that is so necessary to do it. Your word is enough. But I am not. I'm only an earthen vessel, and I need your help. I need your strength, God, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Give me the anointing that I need, the clarity of thought, the clarity of speech, Lord, to do what you've called me to do. And, Lord, we thank you in advance for everything that you are doing. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody in the house said amen. God bless you. You can be seated here this morning in the house of the Lord. There's just something about it, I don't know, as as I've been preaching for just a little while now, I always enjoy preaching and looking at the people in the Bible. How many of you know, that's that's, I think that's why God put all these people in the Bible, because God knew that we were people, and that we needed a little help sometimes looking at other people going through the same things that we are going through. And as I look at this guy named Samson, everybody say Samson. Now, how many of you ever heard of Samson before? You've been to Sunday school, you've been to children's church, you read the Bible, you've heard of Samson. Samson was that guy that he was strong. Everybody say he was strong. He was a very, very strong man. Now, there's a lot of different opinions. I've heard different preachers and teachers give different opinions. But this morning, I've got the microphone, so you're going to get my opinion on it this morning. You know, I've heard some say that they believe, you know, we believe that, that Samson, he was not a big guy. He was just a little small guy, and the Spirit of the Lord came on him. And, you know, that's all right. That's, how many of you know there's some stuff that are not heaven and hell issues? You know, whether you believe that Samson was a little guy or a big guy, that, that's not a heaven or hell issue. That's just our opinion. But since I'm up here preaching today, I'm just going to give you my two cents. You take that and $17, you can get a Starbucks cup of coffee. But I believe because when I look at people, I find that God tends to gift people and use their gifts. Right up here, standing up here was a lot of men and women that have different gifts, drums and guitar and singing and keys, and God gifts them with those things. And then guess what God will do? He'll anoint those gifts that he's given. You know, God has given me, I believe he's given me the gift of gab allowed me to be able to talk, and talking's not enough, but when God anoints me then to speak and to preach, then then mighty things can be done. I say all that to say that you can believe he was just a little tiny dude if you want to, but I believe that Samson was a big dude. I believe that Samson had a natural gifting already that God would anoint through his spirit to enhance. I believe that Samson, I believe that dude had a big old barrel chest. I believe that he had biceps, he had triceps, I mean, I believe that his thighs were huge, I believe that he was a big old guy, but now he could not have ever done the things that he did just with his natural ability, but it required the anointing of God on him to do great and mighty things. And I say all that to say that's why God has given every single one of us in this place today, he has given us gifts and a abilities to use, and he will then take those and anoint those and do way more with those than we ever could have done on our own. Somebody say amen. So let's look at these. I want to take a look at this guy named Samson, and I want to look at these parallels that I see between Samson and the church. Well, first of all, I believe that they both had a miraculous beginning, Well, we look at Samson first, and we find what we read in our text here, we find that his mama was barren. She couldn't have any children. There was was no way. They obviously wanted to have a child, and she couldn't have a child. But one day, God showed up in the form of an angel, appeared to her, and said, You are sterile and childless, but... You know, that's why I'm so firm about some people say, oh, don't you speak that. Don't you say that. But all throughout the Bible, I believe that's where the miracle comes in. The miracle has never been in denying you have a problem. The miracle comes in when you admit you have a problem, but then you know how to get a hold of a problem solver. You see, his mother was barren and couldn't have a child, and the angel showed up and said, Hey, I know you're barren and you don't have a child, but I'm so thankful for those buts that we find in the Bible. You may be sick, but by his stripes you are healed. You may have an issue, you may have a need that you can't solve, but he is Jehovah Jireh, he is your provider. You may have all kinds of issues, but I'm so thankful for the buts in the Bible that say you may have this problem, but there is a God in heaven that can take care of it. Amen. Give God praise this morning. Y'all are a little slow getting. Shake the person beside you. Make sure they're awake. Say, it's okay. You can shout a little bit and clap a little bit this morning. It's all right. You're not going to scare the preacher. You might just help him preach this morning. His mother was barren. Then we find the angel shows up says, you're going to have a baby and she says then he disappears she goes to her husband and said god done showed up and said i'm going to have a baby and he's like i want to hear this and so they prayed and said lord would you would you send him back so that we can see him and what happens he shows back up and she goes and gets her husband and so they say listen we want to we want to feed you we got a young goat And the angel said, listen, I don't want your food, but I'll let you sacrifice to the Lord. And so the Bible said that they sacrificed to the Lord. And then in the same chapter, chapter 13, verse 19, we find this. Then Manoah took a young goat together with a grain offering and sacrificed it on a rock to the Lord. And the Lord did an amazing thing. While Manoah and his wife watched, as the flame blazed up from the altar toward heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Seeing this, Manoah and his wife fell with their faces to the ground. So we find in his beginning, not only is it miraculous in that she's barren and an angel shows up says, you're barren, but you're going to have a child. Then they make this sacrifice. And as they're standing there and the flames are going up, the angel just just kind of goes up into the flame and goes back into heaven and then it wasn't but about nine or so months later that what little baby boy named Samson showed up. I just need to tell somebody today that we still serve a miracle working God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. We find his beginning was miraculous in the book of Judges chapter 13 and verse 24. woman gave birth to a boy named him Samson, and he grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him. While he was in Mahana Dan between Zora and Estal, you see, I see here he was born, and God didn't just leave him when he was born, but the Spirit of the Lord was on him. He was growing; the Lord was blessing him, and we find here that Samson had a miraculous beginning. But you know what? Samson wasn't the only one. I told you this whole message was about parallels of Samson and the church. What about the church? Well, we find in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 15, we find this. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about a hundred and 20. You see, we find that throughout the Scripture, Jesus in His ministry on earth, His, His followers grew and grew and grew and grew and grew until what I told you a few weeks ago, the way to remember it, John chapter 6 and verse 66, that old 666. In John 6 and 66 we find that many people then, what? Many of His disciples turned back And didn't believe any longer. And so we find then that the crowd began to dwindle and dwindle till they find themselves at the cross, and then just about everybody deserted him. Then And now they find themselves after the death, the resurrection, the ascension, up in the upper room where Jesus said, What? Go, Terry, in the Jer- city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And so here they are. What was once a great following, they were down to 120. But suddenly we find something in the book of Acts chapter 2. As the Holy Ghost fell in the upper room, and then in verse 38, Peter replied, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children, and for all who are afar off, all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And then verse 41 those who accepted his message were baptized, and about three Thousand were added to their number that day. On the day, on the birthday of the church of Jesus Christ, there was only 120 left. But when the Holy Spirit fell and they walked out of that upper room and Peter, the guy that had denied Jesus three times not long ago, then steps up in the power of the Holy Spirit and begins to preach in the streets of Jerusalem. And now suddenly, 120 And one day goes to 3,000. Can you folks imagine if we had, I don't know, maybe we got 120 in here today. Can you imagine if in one day, if next Sunday instead of 120, 3,000 people showed up at the Starkville Church of God to worship the Lord. I came to tell somebody that the church, just like Simpson, had a miraculous beginning. Then the very next chapter in chapter 3, that famous story, Peter and John, they were on their way to the temple. And they were going through this gate called Beautiful. And what happens? There was a crippled man there at the gate. And what is he? he was begging alms, all he could do at that time. We know at that time in the, the history of the world, there was no disability, there was not care. All that anybody, if you had a handicap at that time, the only thing that you could do was sit and beg. People, you were looked down on at that time. You were not valued at that time. And all you could do at that time in the world was sit there and beg. And so here this guy was. He was just sitting there, sitting there begging alms, saying, Peter and John, hey, could do you have any alms? I need some. And Peter and John are on their way to the temple about three o'clock in the afternoon. And as they walk by this guy, they look at him. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what? Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he pulled him up. And the Bible said that he went leaping and jumping and running and praising the Lord. I just need to tell you that the church had a miraculous beginning. What else do we find in these parallels? Number two, I believe that they both had promises of greatness. In the book of Judges chapter 13 and verse 5, go back there with you. We're going to be going back from from Acts to Judges. Book of Judges, chapter 13 and verse 5 says this. It says, because you will conceive and give birth to a son, no razor may be used on his head because the boy is to be a Nazarite. Set apart to God from birth, and he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the you see, we find here that he was going to be the leader that brings them out from under the oppression of the Philistines. We find that at this time that they had been under oppression for 40 years. And God is now promising that he's going to take this boy Samson and he is going to deliver Israel from their oppressors. There was promise on this young man named Samson. Can I tell you that the church has promises too? Jesus himself in Matthew 16 and 18 said this, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I just need to remind us, church, that we have the promise from Jesus Christ himself that though all of hell may try to come against us, though all of hell may try to stop us, that the devil will not win. He is a defeated foe. We have victory through Jesus Christ. Christ. Luke 10 and 19, Jesus again says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. I came this morning to declare in the pulpit of the starkful church of God that God has given great promises to His church in the beginning and those promises have not expired. There was no place I read in the book of Acts where they, in 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 fact, I read to you on purpose where it said this promise is for your children and their children and for all that are afar off. And I still believe today that every promise that was given to the church on its birth is still a promise that is valid and still available to us today in 2022. We have great promise on our lives and on our church What other parallel do I find between Samson and the church? Well, this one's not quite as shout-worthy. We find, thirdly, that they messed up along the way. We look at Samson, we look at his life, and we look at the book of Judges, chapter 14, and verse 9. And we find that Samson, as we read earlier, that he was to be a Nazarite. The Lord said, He's not to touch anything. I can't go through, I'm not going to go through all of the different requirements of the Nazarite. They weren't supposed to cut their hair, they weren't supposed to touch dead things. And in the book of Judges, chapter 14 and verse 9, Samson did exactly one of those things he was not supposed to do. He was walking by a lion that he had killed, and there it was. There was honey. There was in the carcass of this lion. I don't know. It's kind of it's good and it's kind of gross to me. Because I really like honey. How many of y'all like honey? I love some good local honey. I love to even find some that's got some honeycomb in it and eat the honey and gnaw on the honeycomb. So the honey part sounds delicious, but the bees making honey in the body of a dead, rotten lion. I don't know. That's not quite as great. But I'm not going to think about the dead lion part right this second. But he was not supposed to touch anything that was dead because of his Nazarite vow. But we find that Samson, as he's traveling by, and earlier he had killed this lion with his bare hands, and now he sees this honey there. And so Samson does what? He reaches in to the carcass of that dead lion that he's not supposed to do, and he grabs out that honey and the honeycomb, and he's eating it along the way. Takes it home to mom and Daddy. Bible says he doesn't tell mom and Daddy. Oh, precious Jesus. <laughs> you, you know how that is. Sometimes children, they don't want to tell mom and daddy what they've been doing. Oh, man, y'all y'all are quiet this morning. Uh, some of y'all may have been there. Some of y'all have not wanted to tell mom and daddy, and then some of y'all know that y'all's children have not told you along the way. Sometimes along the way, children do stuff that they don't want mom and daddy to know about. But he has scooped it up, and he's eaten it, takes it on to mom and daddy. Don't tell him where he got it. He messed up. Now, let's just be honest. There ain't no way to sugarcoat this. Samson had a problem with the ladies. And not that he had a problem with them liking him. It was the other way around. And I think it was because, can I go back to this? Again, y'all can argue, this, this is RDL thinking right here. And again, I go back to the thing. I don't think that Samson was just some little weenie guy. That's why I think Samson was this big old buff dude and as much as he liked the ladies, the ladies liked him. And he seemed to have a problem with the ladies. Time after time after time, he would get himself in trouble with women until finally, if you've been in church very long, you've heard a sermon or two about how Samson laid his head in the lap of Delilah. And we know, of course, was his undoing when he finally laid his head in the lap of Delilah. You see, he messed up along the way. But you know, as we find the parallel, we find the church has too. You go to the book of Revelation, and you find that the book of Revelation contains the letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor. They were churches that were in existence, local churches in existence at the time that Jesus Christ spoke this to John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos. But we also know that there was... That this was not just to these churches, but in many different ways. This also, scholars would go on, people way smarter than me would tell us that this represents the seven ages of the church. And not only just the seven ages of the church, but it also represents different things that different people face within any given church at any time. Man, y'all got quiet on me there. Can I just say this? This is applicable for us. And as we look in the book of Revelation at the seven churches and the seven letters to the seven churches, we find a few things that they they had done and that we as the church throughout the years have done. Left their first love. Held to false doctrines. They had allowed someone operating in the spirit of Jezebel into the church. They were dead. They were lukewarm. You see, along the way, the church has messed up. I know it's not anything to shout about, clap about, and get all happy about, but the truth is the truth. That along the way, the church has messed up. And all of us as individuals in our walk with Christ, we find ourselves and we all fail from time to time. But thank God that's not the end of the story. Thank God that that's not the last parallel that I find because fourthly and finally we find in the end I believe they will both see the greatest things accomplished. We look at the life of Samson. We find that he had laid his head in the his head in the lap of Delilah. And she had asked him as she was hired by the Philistines, "What is his strength?" Or how does he get his strength, and how do we take that strength away from him? So she said, oh, honey, lay your head right here. Tell me where you get your strength from. And so he makes up a lie first time, goes to sleep, wakes up, and exactly what he told her she had done. Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And the Bible says he wakes up breaks free. Where are they? They're nowhere. All right, now listen. I, I know. I I'm a I'm a guy. I know how it is. I've got one here. How these women can entice you and you know. <laughs> Get you to do stuff you never thought you'd do. But I mean, come on, Samson. You make up a weakness and you wake up and she's done it to you. All right, hey, hey, let's let's give her one. Let's get everybody messes up. Let's give her one. He tells her again: tie me up with new ropes. If you tie me up with new ropes. Hey, I'm just as helpless and weakness as anybody else. She's like, well, lay your head down, baby. Let me put you to sleep. (laughs) Slips him a Tylenol PM or whatever she does. They come in and they tie him up with these new ropes. They get out of there. Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Boom, breaks out of all the ropes. I mean, come on, dude. She can't be that good looking. <laughs> she said, oh, baby, you lied to me, baby. You made me look so stupid, baby. Tell me what your weakness is. And a third time, he starts getting a little closer to the truth. And he said, well, if you'll take my hair, seven locks of my hair, weave them into a loom here, I'll be weak just like that. So I don't. I mean, I don't know. He must. She must have got him some prescription medication or something to put him out there. <laughs> I mean, how in the world do you get somebody that asleep that you can lay them down and put their hair in this whole loom and everything? But she does it. Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And once he gets up, breaks the whole thing. And I'm just like, come on, dude. Come on. But, but how Hadn't we all been there before? We've seen others and we're like, uh, what's wrong with you? Do you not see what's happening? How many times have we seen our loved ones? They start getting involved in something that's tearing up drugs or relationships that's tearing them apart. We see them and they continue to go back and go back and go back. Doing some preaching now. I'm preaching better, and y'all are amen and now. And sometimes it's us. The thing that is destroying us, the thing that is hurting us, but we just keep dabbling in it and dabbling in it and going back to it and going back to it and going back to it. Until so finally, the fourth time. Oh, Samson, baby, you made me look like such a fool. <laughs> Please tell me. And what does he do? He finally tells her the truth. The Bible said he opened his heart to her. I, I don't have time. I'm looking at the clock. I don't have time to go into that this morning because then you start really seeing that's what happened. When you finally dabble around in some garbage enough, you're gonna eventually open your heart to it. And when you open your heart to it, that's when the damage, the real damage, is about to be done. And so he tells her the truth. I have never cut my hair. I'm a Nazarite. My hair has never been cut. And if you cut my hair, I'll be just like anybody else. And the Bible said, Delilah, she knew it then. She knew it then. In fact, she went to the Philistines. She said, "I know he's done, he's done told me the truth. I could see it in his eyes. I could hear it in his voice. He done gone and told me the truth." So he's like, she's like, "Hey, let me see my silver now. It's time." So the Bible says that they came in. They came in. They shaved his head, and then one more time, Samson, the Philistines are upon you, but he got up that time. And something was different. The Bible said that he didn't even realize that the Spirit of the Lord had left him. Now, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going I'm to preach something. This I know my point here is in the end. They're going to see the greatest things accomplished. But i got to get us to that point. And to get to that point, we have to realize where he had come to. And where he had come to was he has dabbled in sin long enough that he had opened his heart to it and had finally come to the place where he didn't even realize the Spirit of the Lord had left him. You listen to this pastor this morning, and let me tell you, listen, you may dabble in some stuff for a little while and it not seem to affect you. You may dabble in some sin over here and some sin over there and dabble in a little of this, and at first it doesn't seem, but I am telling you, if you dabble in it long enough, you're going to open your heart to it. And when you open your heart, that's why, listen, that's why I didn't even intend to go here, but I'm just, the Lord's taking me here. You, you know, we believe in this. I, I don't know what you believe, but let me just tell you. I don't believe in the whole, as as you just lay it out easy, the whole once saved, always saved. I don't believe that you can come pray one prayer, ask Jesus to come in your heart, and then go live like the devil and expect to make it to hell. But I also don't believe that losing your salvation is as easy as losing the remote control to the TV. You know, I, I, I kind of did, I kind of grew up, growing up in the old Pentecostal church. You know, I kind of grew up like, oh, Lord, I hope, you know, that whole scenario, you know, what if I was driving down the road? And I and I had a and I was having a wreck. Suddenly I was having a wreck. And in the, right as I'm about to hit this car, I say a cuss word and I die. And I'm going to split hell wide open. Come on, some of y'all looking at me. Y'all know what? Come on, if you know what I'm talking about, come on, put your hand up. You know what I'm talking about. And you live in that. And it's like, oh, dear God. You know, I also don't quite believe that either. I don't believe that losing your salvation is as easy as saying one cuss word in a wreck and all that. Listen, I believe, listen to me real clear here. I believe that you can backslide, but I believe it's a process. It's not a one-time hammered away, hit your finger, smash it, say a cuss word, and boom, on the way to hell. No, no. I believe it's a process of dabbling and dabbling. You see it in Samson, and dabbling and dabbling and dabbling until finally you open up your heart. And when you open up your heart to that sin, finally, listen. I can't. You say, "Well, how do you?" I can't judge that. You say, "You ain't to judge of me." You exactly right. I'm not the judge of you. He is. That's why you got to be careful. You've got to be careful to know that you are walking with the Lord. We're going to mess up along the way, but be careful not to dabble in sin too much. That you open up your heart. Mike, I didn't even plan on preaching that little part this morning. That was a bonus for you this morning. <laughs> Amen. So they get him, doesn't realize the Spirit's gone. He's no longer strong. He may be a big dude, but he's still not so big that. Fifteen, twenty guys can't get him. And so they gouge out his eyes. They chain him up. And they put him in a prison. And they put him on a grinding wheel. Which again, one more time, let me tell you why I believe what I believe. If he was just some little twerp, the grinding wheel wouldn't be the place for him. But he was a big fella. And say, put put the big fella And he's just grinding away. He can no longer see. He's no longer free. And all he's doing is doing what his captors are making him do. What a shame. Such a great and mighty man. A leader prophesied about to help set Israel free from the Philistines. Now all he can do just walk in circles, serving the very people he was supposed to deliver them from. But can I tell you, there's a whole lot of people like that today. They may not be at a physical grinding wheel, but they're subservient to the sin that they've allowed to come into their life. And they're just walking around in circles. How many men and women have found themselves Subservient to sin and they feel like all they're doing is pointlessly walking around and around and around. Drugs, alcohol, prostitution. It doesn't matter what it may be, but, but living in sin. And they feel like their life is nothing because sin is holding them captive and all they are doing is being subservient to that master. We find in Judges chapter 16, verse 23. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw him, They praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. They had gathered in their temple to celebrate to their false god the victory. They begin to remember the damage that Samson had inflicted on them, how he had killed 30 men to take their clothes to pay a debt, how he caught 300 foxes, tied their tails together, put a torch in between, and sent them out into the grain field to burn it down. How he had killed 1,000 Philistine men with nothing but the jawbone of a donkey. How he had led Israel for 20 years and the Philistines couldn't stop him. How they thought that they had captured him once in the city of Gaza. They had trapped him and closed the gates to the city. But Samson wakes up at midnight, pulls the gates and the bars and the posts and everything up and totes them up to the top of the hill and throws them down. How he made them look foolish when he lied three different times to Delilah about his strength. But now they were celebrating his defeat. And it wasn't enough for him to be down in the dungeon grinding anymore. But now they wanted him to entertain them. Judges chapter 16 and verse 22 says this. But the hair on his head began to grow again after It had been shaved. You see, Samson had messed up and messed up royally. He had failed and fallen, but as he was there grinding at the mill, something was happening. His hair was starting to grow back. I'm kind of reminded a little bit of the story of the prodigal son. Of how he left the house of the Father and he spent all his inheritance on wild living until finally he was in the pig pen feeding pigs which was a no-no for the Jews anyway and he was there giving the pigs their slop and he was looking at the slop that he was feeding the hogs and almost ate the slop but right there in a moment suddenly the Bible said he came to himself. My God, aren't you grateful today that somewhere along the way you and me we came to ourselves and we realize that there's a God in heaven that has something far greater for us than the enemy is trying to do in our lives he had failed he had fallen he had messed up but God was not done with him yet I came by here today to tell somebody you may have failed you may have fallen you may have screwed up royally but I need you to know that God is not done with you yet. That God is not finished with your life. He has promises upon promises upon promises of what he wants for you. So Samson asked that little boy. He's hearing them cheer. He's hearing the roar of the crowd. He entertained them. He had danced or done whatever they wanted. But Samson he asked that little boy, he said, he said, put me, put me in between. I want to feel the pillars that hold this place up. Verse 26, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. And so verse 30 we, we, we excuse me then verse 29 then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood bracing himself against them his right hand on one and his left hand on the other samson said let me die with the Philistines he then pushed with all of his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it thus he killed many more when he died than while he was alive you see Samson Samson's end would be greater than his beginning. And one more parallel, as Joel and the musicians come and take their place, one more parallel, we look at the church. We're made up of a whole bunch of imperfect people, and we've all made mistakes, every single one of us. And we know that throughout the years we have caused major blows to the kingdom of darkness. Just like that group was thinking about all the stuff that Samson had done to them over the years. Can I tell you the devil is still reeling. He's reeling from the things in the book of Acts. He's reeling from the past 2,000 years and how the church has, has taken people from his kingdom and converted them over to the kingdom of God. And the enemy has that. But the things, we know things haven't been the best because just like Samson, and we've messed up at times and we haven't seen things happening like we want to. But I came by here today to remind somebody that I believe that the best days of the church are not behind us, but that the best days of the church are still ahead of us. I came to remind us today that the hair of the church, the spiritual hair, is beginning to grow back. I know stuff's going crazy. I know formula's running out. I know that god Gas is insanely expensive. I know that people are going crazy everywhere, shootings everywhere, killings everywhere. Things are getting bad. But I just need to remind you that that just means that we're getting even closer to the sound of the trumpet, to the sound of the return of Jesus Christ. And I believe that before Jesus Christ comes back, that the church of the living God, we're about to put our hands to the pillars of this world and say, God, just one more time, God, just one more time, would you see us and remember us? We want to cause one more death blow to the kingdom of hell before we get out of here. And I don't know about you, but I'm praying and believing for the last day revival of the church that we'll see more souls saved in these last few years than in the past 2,000 years of the church God's not done with us. God's not finished with us. Our best days are ahead, and we will see souls birthed into the kingdom of God. Go ahead and get on your feet and give the Lord praise if you believe it today. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Remain standing if you will. I'm finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands all across the building today. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you, oh God, for what you're doing here in this place today, oh Lord. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the promises that are on our lives. Every single one of us have promises. Lord, you have a desire to bless us. You have a desire to prosper us, oh Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, oh Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around this morning. I hope throughout this that you have seen this picture of redemption. I told you I believe that We can backslide. But I also believe that God is constantly calling and pulling. The Father the whole time is saying, come back. Come back. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. Oh, hallelujah. Some of us have messed up. You may be here in this house today and you messed up more than you want to say. You've messed up more than probably anybody else even knows. But this morning, the Holy Spirit, through the Word of the living God, is moving on you. God sent this pastor this way to tell you, God still loves you. God still cares about you. He's still got a purpose for you, and your end will be greater. Than your beginning. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I need some saints to pray. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. I need some saints to just be praying right now. Right now, I believe that spiritual hair is beginning to grow back. You may have been subservient to sin. You may have been like Samson, grinding around and around and around blindly at a wheel. But your spiritual hair is beginning to grow back. God's beginning to speak to you. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I want to make everything right with the Lord. I'm not going to ask you a bunch of questions. I promise you I will not stick a microphone in your mouth, embarrass you in any way. What I am doing is calling and asking, is there anyone here today that would say, I need to come back to the Lord. Maybe for the first time you need to come to the Lord, but you feel the Holy Spirit right now. You may not even be able to explain it, but you feel a tug and a pulling. There's just something inside of you telling you to get down here. That's the Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning, in this holy moment, you say, Pastor, I'm ready to come to God. This is your moment on three. Are you ready? One, two, three. Anybody here? Move now. Move now. Say, "I, I, I need to come to God today. I need to come to God today. I need to come to God today. Anybody in this house right now? I feel the Spirit tugging and moving right here and right now. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on, saints, pray right now. Saints, pray right now that if there's any, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. much. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise you that is not what I want to do. But I want to give you this invitation because God has given it to you right now. Anybody else in this house? You say, I I need to come to God. I need to come to Him right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now let me ask you this. We're about to pray. They're about to sing. But if you're here, you say, Pastor, I believe what you said. I believe the best days. The best days of the church are ahead of us. I believe revival's coming. I believe that we're going to see souls saved. I believe that our better days are ahead of us and I want to be a part of it. I'm ready to put my hands on the pillars and say, God, one more time, one more time before that trumpet sounds, ignite your church, empower your church, anoint your church to do what you've called us to do if that's you and you want that I want you to come find a place in these altars right now and say come on come on out of your seat right now say Lord I'm ready I'm ready one more time Lord one more time Send come on move come on move right here right now this is your moment you say God I'm ready I'm ready to put my hands to the plow I'm ready to see it I'm ready to see revival I'm ready to see Holy Ghost outpouring I'm ready to see revival like the world has never seen before find you a place in the altar right now as they begin